What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Um, if this is your first time listening, we invite you to tune in to uh, hear questions about morality or spirituality, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, hear those questions responded to. Uh, I'm not perfect. I cannot guarantee that my advice is going to make things easy for you, but I will do my best to share what I've learned during my time as a priest, as a pastor, and as a friend. If you are a first-time listener, shoot me an email with your own questions, comments, and critiques at www.essentialpress.com slash askfatherjosh. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats, and you can share us on your social media pages. If the show's been good for you, it might be good for others as well. On today's show, we're going to be talking about some pretty serious spiritual warfare type stuff. We're going to be talking about the New Age movement and uh, tarot card readings and Reiki sessions and uh, sage and all that stuff. Uh, but before we get into the question, uh, which comes in from one of our Louisiana members of our audience, I want to share with you a glory story. My glory story, it's so simple, right? Um, mm, right? As a priest, all of us, we all got stuff going on, right? No matter who we are, what our state of life vocation is, there's always going to be stuff and drama and unnecessary stuff too. Like Just like the enemy's always trying to turn up the volume on that mess. And yeah, recently, I woke up one morning, early in the morning, and just had a lot of anxiety. Man, I had anxiety, I felt it in my chest, um, and my mind was like focused on this stuff. And we all know like when Peter looks at the storm, he drowns, and he has to cry out for God to save him, and God does save him. But there was a storm still going on whenever Jesus picked him up out of the water, you know? And there's always gonna be storms in our life, and we can either choose to look at Jesus or look at the storm. If we look at Jesus, there will be peace. If we look at the storm, we're going to give them to anxiety and worry and frustration. So I was focusing too much on the storms. And I finally got out of bed and I went to my chapel uh, to sit with the Blessed Sacrament, to read scripture, to pray the rosary. And it was just so amazing. The entire time I was focused on Jesus and the word, on Jesus and the rosary, on Jesus and the Eucharist, it was absolute peace. But as soon as I drifted away and began to focus back on the stuff, the storms, the anxiety came back. And so the glory story is just the power of prayer, the power of looking at Jesus, right? I remember my spiritual teacher used to always say to me, it's not so much what you're going to face. It's more important who you're facing, who you're looking at. And that's wisdom that sometimes I forget in the present moment, but I did experience that peace when I did just gaze upon Jesus and the Eucharist and in the Bible and in the rosary. And so, yeah, prayer is powerful. Prayer is a gift. And so I just want to encourage you, if you if you are going through something right now, which I'm sure you are because we're always going through stuff with people, whether it's at work or with our spouses or our kids or our coworkers or neighbors or friends or classmates or ministry, whatever it is, like there's always drama there. Uh, the enemy is always trying to stir up division, 
uh, I encourage you to just take your eyes off the mess for a moment and look at Jesus in the Word of God. Look at Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Look at Jesus uh, through the mysteries of the Rosary. Peace. Peace is where he is. Uh, and if we want to experience peace, then we need to be where he is and focus on him. So that's my glory story. Prayer is awesome. Now, with that, let's get into today's topic. So today's question comes in from Anonymous, who writes this, Father Josh, I found out that a parishioner at my church owns a new age shop in our small town in Louisiana. I'm from Louisiana. Uh, That provides tarot card readings, Reiki sessions, energy aura photography, and it sells sage and crystals. What do I do? Uh, Is this okay? This person goes to church. That's a great question. So... Um, a lot of times people who come to church participate in things that they don't know aren't good for them, right? right? Ignorance is a real thing, right? So sometimes we might have friends who introduce us to like a yoga master and they're like, hey, you should come meet my yoga master. He's amazing. And you should come do some spiritual retreats with, with them. And you're thinking, that sounds great. He's a spiritual person. He's a great guy. He's super nice and kind. And then all of a sudden, like you uh, let the yogi master do some chakra on you or, you know, different things with you. And again, you don't think that it's bad until all of a sudden you start experiencing some pretty crazy things. Or you might uh, go to um, a massage therapist who who says they want to do some Reiki sessions on you for healing. And you're like, well, that sounds cool. I don't know what Reiki is. That sounds like fun. And uh, and then all of a sudden you begin to experience things that aren't great. Or you go to a party and your friends pull out some tarot cards. And like, hey, like, let me you know, read your palm or do these tarot card readings on you. Or, or let's play with the Ouija board. Uh, these are just fun games and, until they're not so fun, right? Until things start happening to you and, um, and to those around you that, that aren't pleasant. So... A lot of times, a lot of even faithful Catholics just don't know. They don't know what the church teaches on these topics. And so they get involved in things that are not good for them or for their community. So let's see what the Bible and the catechism um, say about this. And then also uh, I'll talk about what some exorcists have said about this topic as well. Uh, so the Bible, the Word of God, inspired, inerrant, infallible scriptures. We go here first and foremost. And so in the Bible... I'll read you two passages uh, from the Old Testament, and then I'll jump to the New Testament. In Leviticus chapter 20, verse 27, we read this. A man also, or woman, that hath a familiar spirit, or that is a wizard, shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones, their blood shall be upon them. So (laughs) Moses, who, who wrote the book of Leviticus, clearly had some strong words about people who practiced this kind of stuff. In Deuteronomy, he writes this, Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium, or spiritist, or who consults the dead. 
anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Because of these same detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 13. Right? There are, there are nations, there are, there are pagans, right, who, who in the scriptures, even the New Testament, who were offering up sacrifices to their gods. Their gods were demons, and they offered up sacrifices to their gods who were these demons who were, who were confusing them and manipulating them because the demons manifested certain powers and extraordinary events in their lives. And so they saw that they were real, and they were like, oh, this is amazing. I remember I was in ministry years ago in an AIDS home, and the person I was ministering to, I was in, actually in seminary. Uh, this person uh, was, yeah, had a rough life. This, this person, the mom died when this person was a teenager and the person wanted to, to know their dad. Their dad wasn't in the picture. And so they, they found out from family that their dad was um, into voodoo. And so the person who was baptized Catholic, raised Catholic, began to practice voodoo because they wanted to be close to their dad. It was the father wound. And then when they began to practice voodoo, they began to, uh, yeah, just have different thoughts about their image. And, and this was a guy. He no longer wanted to be a guy. Um, he began to experience powers. He began to experience a lot of extraordinary things that appear to be miraculous. And so he got more invested in this, this spirituality uh, that was not in line with the church. He eventually began to act out promiscuously, uh, sexually, and got involved in a lot of different unhealthy relationships, got uh, HIV, uh, and, and, and now is in an AIDS home. And you know, when I first met him, I honestly, I thought he was a woman because he was dressed as a woman and I was talking to him and he told me his name. I forgot what the name was, but, but as we began to talk to each other, he began to tell me about these gods that he, that he worshiped in addition to claiming to worship Jesus Christ. And I, I had to tell him, so like, you cannot do both. It's either Jesus Christ or your other gods, but you cannot say I worship Jesus Christ and I worship these demons as well. You have to pick. And he said, but the other ones are so powerful. I've seen things happen. I've, I've changed the weather before. And I said, you got to pick. Jesus Christ are the others. Who's it going to be? Right? Scripture warns us in the New Testament. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are of God. There are other spirits out there. St. Paul writes about this in Ephesians. We're involved in the spiritual warfare. And the enemy, he can deceive us. The enemy can appear to be an angel of light, but he can still deceive us with these extraordinary things that he can do. The Catechism, it goes on to say this in paragraph 2116, that all forms of divinization are to be rejected. All, not just some forms of divinization, but all forms of divinization are to be rejected. Recourse to Satan or demons, conjuring up the dead or other practices, falsely supposed to unveil the future, consulting horoscopes, astrology, palm reading, interpretation of omens and lots, the phenomenon of clairvoyance and recourse to mediums all conceal a desire for power over time, history, and in the last analysis, other human beings, as well as a wish to conciliate hidden powers. They contradict honor, respect, and loving fear that we owe to God and to God alone. This is from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, 2116. Then it goes on to say this in 2117. All practices... Again, all, not some of magic or sorcery. There's no such thing as good magic. There isn't good magic. Magic is bad, period. All practices of magic or sorcery by which one attempts to tame occult powers, 
so as to place them at one's service and have a supernatural power over others, even if this were for the sake of restoring their health. Again, some of us are sick emotionally, mentally, physically. And so we go to magicians, our sorcerers, our psychics. We turn to palm readers, our clairvoyants, our mediums. Our, we turn to horoscopes, thinking that these things can help to restore us emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. They, according to the Catechism 2117, are gravely contrary to the virtue of religion. These practices are even more to be condemned when accompanied by the intention of harming someone or when they have recourse to the intervention of demons wearing charms is also reprehensible this isn't father josh johnson's opinion this is from the catechism of the catholic church wearing charms is also reprehensible if you got charms take them off and throw them away you got a ouija board burn that thing you have some tarot cards throw them in the trash the Catechism then says, Spiritism often implies divinization or magical practices. The church, for her part, warns the faithful against it. Recourse to so-called traditional cures does not justify either the invocation of evil powers or the exploitation of another's credulity. So this is from the Bible, Word of God. This is from the Catechism. In my conversation with a number of exorcists, many of whom have ministered to people who have experienced demonic obsessions and oppression and even possession, they have all said that this experience of obsession, oppression, or possession many times began whenever the person or the persons used tarot cards and Ouija boards, when they got involved in new age movements, Reiki practices. These things have the capacity and potential to open us up to things that are not good for us or our community. The United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, they released a document on Reiki back in 2009. And this document thoroughly explains why it's not compatible with our faith. It's called Guidelines for Evaluating Reiki as an Alternative Therapy. It's from the Committee on Doctrine from the USCCB. I'll read you a few paragraphs from this document. Here's one paragraph. Some people have attempted to identify Reiki with the divine healing known to Christians. They are mistaken. The radical difference can be immediately seen in the fact that for the Reiki practitioner, the healing power is at human disposal. Some teachers want to avoid this implication and argue that it's not the Reiki practitioner personally who affects the healing, but the Reiki energy directed by the divine consciousness. Nevertheless, the fact remains that for Christians, the access to divine healing is by prayer to Christ as Lord and Savior, while the essence of Reiki is not a prayer, but a technique that is passed down from the Reiki master to the pupil. The concluding paragraphs say this, for a Catholic to believe in Reiki therapy presents problems in terms of caring for one's physical health or the physical health of others to employ a technique that has no scientific support or even plausibility is generally not prudent. In terms of caring for one's spiritual health, there are important dangers to use Reiki. One would have to accept at least in an implicit way, central elements of the worldview that undergirds Reiki theory, elements that belong neither to Christian faith nor to natural science. Without justification, either from Christian faith or natural science, however, a Catholic who puts his or her trust in Reiki will be operating in the realm of superstition, the no man's land that is neither faith nor science. 
Superstition corrupts one's worship of God by turning one's religious feeling and practice in a false direction. While sometimes people fall into superstition through ignorance, it is the responsibility of all who teach in the name of the church to eliminate such ignorance as much as possible. This document is available. You can Google it. Um, uh, and finally, in 2003, the Pontifical Councils for Culture and Interreligious Dialogue, they put out a document uh, entitled Jesus Christ, the Bearer of the Water of Life, a Christian Reflection on the New Age. And the authors of this document, they said this, New Age mysticism is turning inwards on oneself rather than communion with God, who is totally other. It is a fusion with the universe and ultimate annihilation of the individual and the unity of the whole. And so I think it's important that we don't turn to these new age practices, whether um, it's Reiki or palm reading or tarot cards or psychics. They might seem very innocent, but we don't turn to these, these false idols. We turn to the Lord. We don't need crystals in our homes or our sage. The church already provides sacramentals. To, to burn sage in your home is a mockery of the sacramentals. You don't need to burn sage to get out negativity. If you have evil spirits in your homes, if there's something that's bringing in uh, oppression in your home and your family, then what you do is, is you get blessed candles that have been exercised. You get exercised salt, you get exercised water, and you put blessed metals around your house. You use sacramentals, not new age things. Like you, you, you could probably tell that that crystals and, and sage and tarot cards aren't good because if you go to any any Catholic gift store, you're never gonna see at a Catholic store tarot cards or or this stuff unless it's like some sketchy one, right? We don't do that. We turn to scripture. We turn to the rosary. We turn to sacramentals. We turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, right? When we dabble in the occult, in the occult we open ourselves up to demons and their fallen angels. Um, and, and they're way more smarter than we are. When we, we dabble with, with like yoga masters, they, they might try to open up, like there's different chakra points. These things are not good. Like, are they real? Yes, they are real. And they're the work of the enemy. And then you might be able to see things that other people don't see after you go to different yoga masters and do different chakra point stuff. And you might get psychic abilities or you might see energy around people or you might all these things. That stuff is real. But we have to recognize that that stuff, whenever it comes from that source, is not authentic charism of the Lord. Charism has come from our baptism. When we're baptized, we receive these supernatural gifts of the spirit some of healing and some of deliverance and some of miracles and some of wonders and we speak in different languages and we evangelize and we teach and we preach and uh, we help and we have all these unique gifts in the body of Christ. But just because those gifts are in the body of Christ does not mean that the enemy won't try to do counterfeit charisms that look like those gifts but are not from God but are in fact from the enemy. These counterfeit charisms are, are the extraordinary manifestations that, that on the outside they look like genuine charisms. They look like genuine gifts, but they're false gifts because they're from the devil. Authentic charisms are from the Lord, the Holy Spirit, right? So examples of these false charisms are, are divinization, reading of auras and hearts, third eye, clairvoyance, hidden knowledge. Authentic charisms are called prophecy and knowledge and discernment of spirits. Whenever someone is operating out of a false charism, they're never going to say I have a false charism because they are convinced by the enemy 
who can deceive us that the gift that they have received is a gift from God. But this is not a gift from God. This is from the enemy. I mean, in, in the Bible, there are people who, who manifested these things that appeared to be supernatural. They appeared to be of the Lord. Remember in the Old Testament, in Exodus, uh, the confrontation between the magician of Pharaoh with Moses and Aaron, Exodus chapter 7, verse 22? Or the, the story of Balaam in Numbers 22? Uh, St. Paul's experience and encounter against the soothsayer in Philippi, Acts chapter 16? Verses 16 through 21, St. Peter and John rebuking the sorcerer, Simon Magus, in, in Acts chapter 8, verses 9 through 24. While in Ephesus, St. Paul, he shamed the seven sons of Siva and, the, and led the magicians of Ephesus to conversion in Acts chapter 19. Like, this stuff is, is real. This stuff is, is, is not, it's not something we should play with. It is not something to be played with at all, you know? So the gospels warn us and, the, and, and the, the saints warn us in scripture to not believe every spirit, but to test them, to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world, 1 John 4, 1. So what do we do then? So first of all, you, you, you pray for your friend. You pray for your friend who uh, is Catholic, who goes to your parish, who's involved in this stuff. Share this podcast with them. Let them hear the truth of, of, of the word of God. And then you know, invite them to repent. It's, they're not beyond repentance. They're not beyond God's grace. They, they're called to be saints. They're called to be saints, just like you're called to be a saint. And so encourage them to renounce whatever new age practices that they have been in, involved in. They go to confession. Uh, they can do deliverance with their pastor. Uh, there's apps for that. They can listen to the Exorcist Files podcast to see how real this stuff is. Uh, I, I said, you know, I'm not... There's no competition when it comes to podcasts. If you want to hear a good podcast out there on deliverance ministry, The Exorcist Files, it's just really good. And so encourage your friends to receive the sacraments, confession, Eucharist, read scripture, the catechism, the lives of the saints, listen to The Exorcist Files. If you want to be involved in charisms, then do the CNN Institute called and Gifted Program and learn about the charisms there. <laughs> and that way we don't get plugged into things that aren't good for us. Pray the rosary before the blessed sacrament and then get sacramentals, holy water, bless salt, bless candles, bless metals, and put them in your home and around your home. This is what we do in the church, right? Make our church a domestic church. Make it a sacred place. Make a shrine to the word of God in your home, to the Bible, to the sacred scriptures. The word of God, not these, not these other words that are out there, the word of God. So yeah, I would just say, yeah, share the podcast with your friend, encourage them to go. You can go to confession with them. Say, I'm going to go to confession. You want to come with me? Uh, and uh, yeah, but we need to not play around with that stuff because that stuff is not good at all. All right. <sighs> Sorry, I feel strong about that because, and I feel strong about this because I've walked with people. I've walked with a number of people who have, who've experienced a lot of unnecessary suffering because of their involvement in the occult. And so if you heard passion in my voice, that's why I'm a pastor. All right, when we come back, we're going to dive into our saint for the day. And this saint is actually somebody who at one point uh, was involved in the occult. Somebody who um, was actually a priest of Satan for a while. Uh, and, uh, and then had a big conversion and is now known as a blessed. So stay tuned to hear this story. It's pretty amazing. Do you find it difficult to enter into the mysteries of the rosary? What about personally applying them to your life? Drawing from the writings of the saints, the Bible, and Catholic tradition, Matt Frat has produced Pocket Guide to the Rosary. 
a masterful work that teaches Catholics how to truly meditate on the mysteries of the rosary, how to pray the rosary like the saints, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your prayer life and improve the way you pray what St. Padre Pio called the weapon of our times, we invite you to check out Pocket Guide to the Rosary by Matt Frad. To order, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And we are back. Our reminders are these. Uh, first-time listeners, again, hit me up with your own questions, comments, critiques at www.ascensionpress.com slash Josh. Rate us and view us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats, and share us on social media with your friends so that they can find out about the show. Our saint for today is Blessed Bartolo Longo. Um, so he was a satanic high priest. He wasn't born a satanic high priest. He was actually born in a Catholic family, and he was raised with faithful parents, praying the rosary. But then he went off to school, right? So sometimes we go off to school, we go off to school. Some of our schools are kind of sketchy, and he got involved in a lot of promiscuity. He started getting involved in things that we call orgies, and there was a big anti-Catholic movement going on at that time, and so he just got pulled into that and started using drugs and participating in seances and experimenting with all these different things that weren't good for him. And so eventually he left the faith. Uh, he stopped repenting of these things that he was doing and he just went 100% all the way in with this new age stuff. He eventually uh, became a lawyer and, uh, and then he became a priest of Satan. He was ordained as a satanic priest. And so, yeah, he, as a priest, of Satan, there's no peace. There's no peace. We're not created for Satan. We're created for Jesus. And so he just began to experience a lot of mental health issues because of his involvement in that which was demonic. And so finally, one of his friends, like just saw the way that he was living his life and saw his insanity and asked him if he would meet a priest. And so he went and he met this, this priest. And after he met this priest, he eventually went to confession. Confessions are more powerful than even exorcisms. And so he went to the sacrament and eventually he was able to find freedom, but he still was haunted by his past. And so he still had suicidal thoughts and he had struggled with self-condemnation because of the years he spent in this satanic movement. Um, but his spiritual director encouraged him to not focus on his stuff. Remember, like I began a podcast, to not focus on those very real things, but to focus on the Lord. So he began to focus on Jesus through the rosary. He began to focus on the body of Christ and the poorest of the poor and serving the poor. And, uh, and he began to preach the rosary to as many people as he could. And he won over, just as he won many people over to the demonic for many years uh, because of that which he was experiencing uh, in that movement, that satanic movement, he now began to be a bridge for many people to come to Jesus. So long story short, he's now blessed, blessed Bartolongo. And so he uh, is going to hopefully be a saint one day, and he's a saint of the rosary. And so there's, there's always hope, right? So to my listener who gave me the question about their friend, um, your, your friend could be a great saint one day. So just don't give up on them. Um, encourage them to go see a priest, and they might be like the next blessed Bartolongo. Bart how do you say his name? Bartolongo. Yeah, so blessed Bartolongo, pray for us. Until next time, I'll see you in the Eucharist. Deuces.